Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Hey, great to be with you guys this morning. Can we give the moms a happy Mother's Day today? Can we just shout them out? Happy Mom's Day to all the moms. Thank you for all you do. Uh, you know, some of the best things that we learn about mothers are Mother's Day stories and Mother's Day comments and Mother's Day funny stories. Janelle's got a couple here this morning. Yeah, um, we have a, a, a women's forum on Facebook, and so we were doing a giveaway this weekend, and we asked um, for the most embarrassing things your children have ever done to you. If you're a mom, you know, you have a list of these things, and um, th- these probably weren't even the worst of them, because you can't really share the horrible ones, right? <laughs> we all have that one we are not going to share with anyone, um, but I just wanted to read you a couple of them, because they were so funny. Um, This one says, walking into our small church in Leon Springs, my youngest was about four. The hallways were narrow, and we interacted with our pastor right before his Sunday school room. We said our morning hellos, and the pastor asked him how he was doing. He promptly and quite seriously looked up at him and said, my mom cusses a lot. (laughs) I mean a lot. She needs help. (laughs) Speechless, I just stood wondering if there is a way to recover from that. Um, and I have one more for you. That was actually Rachel right here on the phone. <laughs> um, and I, I asked permission about this one because we're going <laughs> to use the kid's name. Um, but this says, my, my son was raking leaves outside, and I was in the garage going through Christmas lights. After a while, I came out and um, to ask him if he needed help bagging the leaves. Hey, the yard looks nice, I said. Not bad for a nine-year-old, but where are the leaves? So I asked, Christian, where are the leaves? And he points to the neighbor's yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's called smart. That's what that I know. is. Yeah. Um, we were just asking, what, what are some of the best things your mother has taught you? We've all learned things through mothers or mother figures in our lives. And uh, here are some of the things that people said. She was still, she was and still is a great example to me that perseverance and working hard at what you do will pay off. Here's another one. She taught me that in the darkest times, you can still find God through strong faith and break through that darkness and reach for the light. That's powerful. That's from someone who, who had just recently lost their mom. Uh, this is powerful. To, to never quit, no matter how hard things become. I mean, listen to this wisdom just poured in by moms. This is so good. Um, how to forgive people when who don't deserve it. Uh, Here's a good one. When it's time to clean the house, blare the music, and dance while you work. Best memories ever. Some of you are like, I didn't want to hear him talking about cleaning the house today. Like, no, no. Here's another one. Above all, love and trust in God. Here's one. That Guns N' Roses was the devil's music. That was one of my cousins. And then my aunt got on there and said, yes, that was, sweet child of mine, <laughs> the devil's music. Um, this is my favorite one out of all of them. It says, most people are doing just about the best they can. Most people are doing just about the best they can. You know, we're often hard on people, judging people in traffic, people in front of us in line at Starbucks. Why are they taking so long? Most people are doing just about the best that they can. Amen? So we've been in a series. We've been talking about what it means to follow Jesus. 
And when he said those words, follow me, what did he mean? And we've talked over the last few weeks how it meant specifically faith, obedience, and trust. That God was saying to us as people, when we choose to follow him, when we make him our priority, when he becomes our everything, that from that day forward, we begin to walk in a manner that displays faith, obedience, and then trust. And follow me, when he said that, it meant then, and it, it still means today, to go where Jesus is going. And that's the beauty of how we live our lives. We don't live our lives and base our lives solely on our feelings, on what the news is saying, on what somebody's fears are. We go to Jesus. And we go and we grow in him and through him. And so Jesus is always on the move. And Jesus pointed to a life that was always, to some degree, always a life that was moving through faith, obedience, and trust. And the outworking of our lives, he pointed, was that we should be people who go into, and he described it this way, into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in God's mind from the beginning, Jesus was sent and Jesus, even at the end of his life, as he displayed a life of going, was calling us to be people who go, to be people who go out, that understand that beyond our own four walls, there's so much more to be done in his name. And so today, as we continue this series about Follow Me and what that means for our church, I had told you there's a big announcement that we had today. If you're visiting today, uh, this is a great day to visit uh, today probably won't be like any other day since probably since the time that we began Grace Avenue. Every once in a while, we hit some milestones and uh, some mile markers, and God's doing something new in our midst, and that's a day today. So if you're like, well, that, that really wasn't a day I liked, we'll come back next week, and you'll check it out then, and you'll like next week. But today we're talking about kind of where Grace Avenue Church is going next in our future. And we're also, at the same time, looking back on where we've come from. Uh, and I've got to take you back a little bit more into my life and our life to kind of understand that. About 18 years ago, I met this wonderful woman right next to me. And uh, she was going after God, just going after Jesus. And I wanted to be around that. I wanted to be around her. But what I loved about her was when I, when I asked her out, she said, sure, you can pick me up after the Bible study. And I was like, oh, yeah, but that's like at 830. She's like, you can pick me up after the Bible study. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll pick you up after the Bible study. And um, what I loved about that was that she liked me, but she loved Jesus. She liked me, but not enough to cancel a meeting with Jesus. And if I was going to follow her, I was going to have to follow Jesus and where Jesus was taking her. Does that make sense? I'm trying to help you, gentlemen. I'm trying to help you. If you want the good ones, they're following Jesus. Um, so Janelle and I, when, when we were around that time, we were, we were dating and we were going out and, um, you know, taco a day keeps the sadness away. We were, we were enjoying life, dating. And we would talk in, uh, I remember we'd talk in the car all the time about where we saw our lives going, where we saw our future we would start to discuss things about, you know, not just like kids and, 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 and where we want to live and all that kind of stuff, but really we were getting to the nuts and the bolts and the root of what do we want to give our lives to. And in discussing that, uh, we were still learning how to love God and how to be loved by God. 
Like we were two young people that were still very broken, I would say, wouldn't you agree, very broken, still dealing with a lot of pain in our own life that, that just comes from just growing up and, and what you understand and what you don't understand and, and what you're fearful of and you don't know is fear yet, but somebody's telling you, oh, that's fear, you need to relax a bit, you'll, you'll get through this season, that's just overwhelming fear, but we didn't know that and we were working through those things and um, what I know is that we had a similar passion to give our lives to Jesus and to serve his purpose on the earth. And 18 years later, we're still doing that together. That's been our goal all the time. And 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And, and that's a scripture that I would say was at the root of our passion, that we loved God, but we wanted to love God in a way where we would see things that our mind couldn't imagine, things that we, we couldn't even dream, <clears throat> things that God would do... Uh, in us, through us, and around us, and specifically wherever he planted us. In Acts chapter 13, it talks about David, who many people know David and Goliath in the Old Testament, but, you know, there's a lot about David's life that you can learn from. And the, the most significant thing I think I've ever read about David is when it, it talks about him in Acts, and it says, and David died after fulfilling the purpose of his generation. That's when he died, when he had fulfilled the purpose for which he had been placed into that generation, then he went to go and be with God. And that is something that I think resonated in us <clears throat> from the very beginning. And we understood at that time and still do today that in order for that to happen, that we had to shape our lives according to God's New Testament pattern of life. Right? There's life, and then there's what we think is life, and then there's what the world says is life, and then there's what God says, this is life. And this is life with people, and this is life in Christ, and this is life in dealing with pain and, and struggle and the ups and downs of life. And we knew that we had to be part of a healthy biblical church. I think even at that time, we were dead set on not just kind of like existing just popping into church a couple times a year, kind of the rest of the time wishing and hoping that God is doing something and directing us. We wanted to be plugged into what God was doing in people's lives. And um, I don't know, you have a lot to say about that, I'm sure. Yeah, so about a year and a half before Daniel and I met, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And um, I was growing and I was learning a lot. But I remember the day that I first heard Psalm 92:13, which has become like a life scripture for me. And that scripture says, planted in the house of the of God, they will flourish. Growing in grace, they will bear fruit in every season. And I remember when I heard that, honestly, it was like an explosion went off in my heart. Like I just grabbed a hold of that and I just let that word um, sink into me and it became a promise for my life. And I really believe that if I planted myself in the house of the Lord, my entire life was going to change. And so that meant that I was no longer going to run in late and leave early. And I was no longer going to just kind of attend and sit on the back row, but I was going to plant myself in a community and I was going to get to know the people and I was going to let the people get to know me. More importantly, I was going to be known by the people, by the community of God. And I remember what began to happen in that season was I began to get a vision for my life. 
I was reading in the Bible, I was reading in the Word about what my life was supposed to look like, about what motherhood was supposed to look like, about what family was supposed to look like, about what marriage could look like. But what happened in the community of God is I began to see it lived out. And I got a vision for it. I began to understand, okay, this is the way that it works. Okay, this is what a marriage can look like because I came from a broken home. I didn't have an example of marriage, godly marriage. Oh, this is what a family can look like. These kids are happy and they like their parents and these people seem to like each other. Um, okay, it gave me vision and it gave me hope. And you know, when you come from broken backgrounds, like you're, you're carrying a lot of baggage and a lot of fear. Um, and you're wondering, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be different? I, this is not what I want. Nobody wants that. We all want something better for our lives and for our kids. And so I began to see that um, around me in the community. I got a vision for my finances and my life changed dramatically. God began to open doors for me as I began investing into the kingdom of God through the local church. And I remember um, that season just the doors God started opening for me. I got my my whole life, I know this isn't every believer's story, but it's my story. My whole life was given to me through the local church. I met my husband in the church, and um, I found my calling in the local church. And um, our children were born into the local church, and my best friends have come from the local church. And so it's just something that I'm so passionate about. And when we started Grace Avenue, we started it with that vision in mind, that there would be people like us, broken and visionless, that would come through those doors, and God would set their lives on course, like he set our lives on course, and God would give them vision like he'd given us vision, and they would encounter God, and that's powerful. But I think it's just as powerful when we encounter the people of God, the community of God, because that's how God outworks his plan in our lives through the community, through the people. It's how we get our healing. It's how we get wisdom. It's how we find out how, how to live this life and how to do it in a way that honors God. And that's contrary to what we see in the world. To, to, to us, you, you know, you go on a nature trip, you get away, you take a vacation, and you come back with some answers, which works sometimes, but I think there are the deeper things of the soul that God always is trying to speak to, and he will only reveal those things by his own voice, and his own voice is often not only through his word, but through his people who are full of the word. His people who carry his spirit. Scripture tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in us. That means truth can be spoken in our lives to people, by people. And this Easter Sunday <clears throat> at the Tobin Center was our, our largest Easter Sunday ever. Uh, we reached more people. Uh, and this was, tw this was 25, 30 minutes away downtown. So we, we don't really even know how many people did not go just because of the drive, because other people are from the other side of town. But um, we, we reached a lot of people that day, more people in two services than we reached in four services here last year. And every single year since Grace Avenue began in late 2010, uh, there's been just incremental growth, healthy growth. There's never been this explosive growth, you know, where, you know, this just little by little God has continued to grow people, grow families, grow lives. And it actually goes back to the way we prayed as a team in the beginning on how God would grow his church. Now, God can grow his church however he wants. That's his business. But we, our strategy was one person and one family at a time. Grow from a core to a crowd. Because anything that's healthy is going to grow. So it's not a matter if something that has grown is bad because anything that's healthy is growing. If something stops growing, it's not healthy anymore. But we wanted to see God grow people from the inside out. And this was challenging for us because our story is, you know, there's no pastors in, <clears throat> in my family line. Sometimes I talk to other pastors at conferences, 
And they'll say, yeah, well, you know, my dad's church and this and that, or my grandfather's church. And I'm thinking, I didn't have any of that. And people will say, well, I was a pastor, and my father was a pastor, and my grandfather was a pastor, and his grandfather was a pastor. And, and I don't have any of that in my story. My story is Jesus rescued me and gave me a vision to reach other people who were in the same mess that we were in. And uh, so what I'm saying is that with Grace Avenue, there's never been this master plan, but there's always been a plan by the master. There's always been this plan by the master to do what he wants to do in and through us. And little by little, that has meant we went from a house in Bernie, and then a year or two later, we went to a movie theater for a couple of years, and then we moved from there, and we found this location, and then we went from this particular facility to leasing, now four facilities, and now three services. And we probably could do more services, but I don't really want to preach at three o'clock to two people, but... (laughs) I'll make them get up earlier. But we could do more services. But this is where we were last year as we were looking at, look what God has done. After all the chaos of her being in the hospital and, and almost dying and, and just all the pain and all the craziness, when we finally got our feet back on, on the ground last year, we started asking ourselves, okay, God, what is next? Now that our life is not, you know, being hit by tornadoes personally, like what, what is next for your church? What do you want to do? And the beginning of the year, I talked about this on Vision Sunday, we heard this call as a church to step out in new faith and new trust. And if you haven't heard this message, go back onto the podcast and listen to it, because um, I'll reference it today, but I'm, I preached the whole thing on that day. And it was Matthew chapter 14, and it's the feeding of the 5,000, and it's where Jesus is with the disciples, and they're overwhelmed by the needs of what is happening around this thing that Jesus is doing. Because Jesus is shaking and baking the whole region and the area with his life and his love and the proclamation of the good news. Now pick up in verse 16. It'll be up here on the screen. It says, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, but we have here only five loaves. We only have two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke. And he gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. The feeding of the 5,000 parable breaks down to this. There's a crowd of people so large that it was humanly impossible to meet all the needs of the people. And the disciples' answer to that, the people who knew Jesus, who loved Jesus, and who followed Jesus was, send these people away. Now, I don't know if you've been in church long enough, but I have known that Christians can, unfortunately, adopt that attitude when somebody sits in their seat, <laughs> parks in their spot. Uh, when we, when the, the parking attendant says, oh, I'm sorry, we're full, we're full. you need to park down at the end and someone gets an attitude about, and, and then we hear about it, that someone in the parking lot gave an attitude. Oh, we'll hear about it, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Uh, when, when someone, you know, just a, an usher asks somebody to shift a seat and people, like, people start to get really comfortable forgetting that someone is coming in here thinking about committing suicide, thinking about giving up on life, thinking that no one loves them thinking that this season is going not just dark, but it's going to stay dark. We can forget and say, send these people away. What a terrible thing to think when God has rescued us and saved us and helped us so much. 
Can you tell I'm passionate about that? (laughs) To see new faith and new trust, Jesus was calling them to take what they had and put it into the hands of God and to let him bless it and break it and to see it given away and multiplied. Jesus, let's talk about that word take for a second. To take what Jesus said, give that to me, they had to take what they had. In other words, they had to take stock of what was actually in their hands and not discount it. Jesus said, I want you to give me what you actually have. See, this is hard for us. We always think that what we have is not enough for God to do something with. The money that we give is not enough. The help that we give is not enough. The serving that we do is not enough. The, the person that we help at work is not enough. The, the homeless guy that we handed five bucks to, that was not enough. The, we always think that what we're doing is not enough, but we're not meant to be everyone's, everyone's end. We're to be a means of Jesus displaying love and life to people, and he is their end. It's he who is their supplier. And this last year, that's what we did. We had to take what we have. We took stock of what we have as a church and how long we've been going and what our options are as we continue to grow year after year, you know, multiple services. And we wondered, what, what's this going to be? Last year, we, we looked at all kinds of opportunities. Is this, a, is this a, a, a building that we need? Is it a larger building? Is it a lease? Will we find that? Does it have ad- adequate parking? And every single door that we tried to open closed, not just for us financially, but just uh, opportunities for us to move into another space. There was no you know, pastor of an older church wanting to retire. There was no one giving us a larger facility. There was no one uh, that, that could really help us transition into that. Like every door closed. You ever been in that season before? No matter what you're trying, every door closes, every wall closes in around you. That's what it was like to, to start the beginning of this year. And from those, that taking of that stock of that season, God put this in our heart to have new faith and new trust for this year. And we landed in this place of faith in God, and we can take what we have now as Grace Avenue Church, and we can give it to God and ask him to bless it and break it and give it away. And I have a video here that I want to show you that explains exactly what I'm talking about. Go ahead and take a look at the screens. So uh, what's on your heart for the future with uh, this church and everything? Um, A lot. A lot. And... um... Probably more than anything, just transformed lives. I think that's that's the key. You know, you know, I've always I've always believed once Jesus gets a hold of somebody, the rest sorts itself out. You know, right. when he really gets a hold of somebody's heart, the rest kind of just sorts out. I remember thinking on that very first day as we were driving to that movie theater to launch our first church service. God, if you don't breathe on this. It won't last. I knew in my heart that God had called Grace Avenue into existence, but I knew that he had to open doors that no man could shut. So in the way that Moses said to God in Exodus 33, unless your presence goes with me, don't send me. I stepped out, believing God would lead and guide us into his purpose. My faith was not based in whether or not he could do it, but whether or not he would do it. Would he do it for us? Well, that was a long time ago. And since that time, God's presence, his power, and his favor have been with us. We've reached people from all around the city and beyond. We've helped thousands of people over the last eight years. We've grown to become more than a community that gathers on a Sunday. We've become a family 
united by purpose. A family that is in pursuit of Jesus and everything that he desires for our lives. From a passion to love, serve, and give. To a desire to live holy lives before him. To people responding to his grace and his presence. To seeing miracles, healings, restorations, and salvations. It's been an amazing journey of faith. Well, the time has come for Grace Avenue to step out into another season of life. A new season with new faith and new trust. Grace Avenue has grown to the point where we must make room for more. More room for people to experience the grace, the life, the freedom, and the purpose found in Jesus. More room to gather, more room to grow, and follow Jesus' command to go and reach people within our city. So together as a church family, we're extending our faith once again to launch and establish a second community right here in San Antonio. A new community that will bring new opportunities, new impact, and new transformation in the lives of people. I'm asking all of the Grace Avenue family to join us on this journey as we move forward into our future. A future that is one church with one heart and two locations. By God's grace, our greatest days are ahead. Let's serve and reach our city in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God some more praise. Um, as you can see, we're taking what we have. We're asking God to bless it. We're breaking it. And we're going to give it to the I-10 area here in San Antonio. As we've looked at all the demographics of our city, um, there's a significant amount of people who come from the I-10 area and beyond. And one of the blessings would be for some people to not have to drive 35 to 45 minutes from that side of town um, to come here and for them to be closer and then also to help establish a community that's closer for people to invite people to church. It's tough when you invite people to church and you say, oh, yeah, okay, and they look in their map and they say, oh, that's 45 minutes away from me or 35 minutes away. And how incredible would it be for us to be able to take what we have, bless it, see God bless it, trust that it's blessed, break it, Trust that the broken thing is blessed and then give it to another part of the city. Now, there's a lot of ways we can look at this, and we've explored all of the different ways. But today on Mother's Day, we thought it was special that we would share it on this day because mothers give birth. And we thought that this church, almost like a mother, is going to birth something brand new. Something brand new that's going to bring life and blessing to other people. What God breaks can be multiplied. And we live in a society that makes TV shows about things that we hang on to called hoarders. <laughs> and I know what that's like because there's a lot of things that my wife will ask me, can you please get rid of that? No, no, no. I've had this for 30 years. I'm keeping this. But why? Because it's mine. And we all have mindsets, but we can't have that mindset when it comes to the kingdom. We can't have that mindset when it comes to the church. You know, if, if a door had opened and we get a, a larger building and a larger church and we packed all of our three services into one service and there's a thousand people there on that day, it's going to make me look really important. 
it's going to make me feel really awesome too. That's a big crowd. But how much more awesome would it be to instead of have one guy speaking or one guy leading, to raise up other pastors and other leaders in this city, to raise up people that have different backgrounds and different stories of how they came to Jesus and to give them to the city. This is part of what we're doing with Grace Avenue Church. It's not just building, as, as I, would, I would say, um, a tower or, or, or an empire. It's extending and advancing the kingdom. And I want to tell you that when we look at this, we have to see it the way it's talked about in Scripture. Um, I just want you to go to this verse, Romans in Romans. It'll be up here on the screen. Because until we give something away, people won't hear and experience the miraculous that, that has happened here. It's in verse 14. It says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent to the I-10 area? In other words, we have to send people. And I grew up in a generation of church that just wants to keep people. Keep them from leaving. Keep them from being offended. Keep them happy. Can I tell you, I love y'all, but I'm not interested in keeping you happy. I'm interested in keeping you on course with Jesus. Keeping you to do the thing God has created you to do. The things God saved you for and the things God put in your heart. So this is where we're at now. We're asking God to do it again. The last part of that verse says, how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring who go, who take the good news somewhere else, like the I-10 area. So we're asking God to do it again. And this is what we're asking God to do. Now, let me answer the questions for, for uh, some of the hoarders in here. Um, why not stay the same? Why, why can't we just stay the same? Why, why shouldn't we stay the same? Let me say this, all joking aside. Number one, the gospel is primarily about going and becoming not staying and receiving. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about going out into the world to proclaim his good news, and it's about becoming more like Jesus. It's not simply about staying where we are and then just receiving. We're supposed to do something with what God has placed in our hands. And I, I believe that's not just on individuals. I believe it's on churches as well. Um, Number two, burying our talent has never been an option for us. If we wanted to stay small, we would have stayed in the living room. If we wanted to stay comfortable and not extend our faith to, to believe God to give us a location, we would have stayed in a mobile facility. If we wanted to stay comfortable, we would have stayed with one service in, in one building. We would have just stayed. But that would mean if we take chances, it's going to cost more. And it's going to mean more work and more organization and more strategy and more prayer and more establishing of culture and values and scripture and more teaching and more preaching and more serving and more loving and more giving and more helping. Can you see what I'm saying is it's not supposed to be easy. This is why I preached last week, let's get to work. The message is let's get to work. Let's do what God has called us to do. I talked about the practical reason about people saving time on drives, about actually having a community that's established somewhere in that area. Uh, number four, we've had nine years together, almost nine years as a church. It's a, I can't believe it's been, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, the last few were a fog because of all the craziness that happened, but 
we've been going about nine years, if you really count the living room or where that started for almost a year to where we are now. And can you, can you understand that that is actually three times longer than the disciples spent with Jesus? That, that we've been in this location about six years, and that's twice as long as the disciples had with Jesus. Some of you I've known for 12 years, and that's, you know, a lot longer than, some of, than the disciples got to spend time with Jesus. Can, can I tell you that we, we have enough in us to go and do something with what God has given us? Let me answer the whys quickly, and we'll, we'll close here in just a moment with this. Number one is we want to keep in, the, in, the, we want to keep in step with the Spirit of God. Galatians talks about this. It says, keep in step with the Spirit of God. It's easy to keep in step with what everyone else is doing, what we should do, what we could do, what others think you should do. But we want to keep in step with the Spirit of God. And, and as we prayed about this and explored this from different angles, uh, we understand that the weight that, that comes with this, and we're willing to take the risk for God. And we're willing, willing to take the risk to see more people's lives changed. Number two is another why. The gospel is news to be shared and declared. And when we go to I-10, we're going to declare the good news of Jesus. We're going to share the good news of Jesus. Number three, we've not arrived. Why are we doing this? Because we've not arrived. In, in the living room, people thought we'd arrived. In, in the movie theater, people thought we'd arrived. At two services, people thought we'd arrived. You see what I'm saying? At every stage, you get familiar with what you think church is or Grace Avenue or the kingdom. But everything in your life changes. You're not wearing the same size underwear that you wore when you were 10. You changed. And your hair is not the same. And some of the music you listen to is not the same. And the job has changed and life has changed. Uh, can we understand that part of life is changing? Now, we're, we're, we're a generation that's used to change. Things change so quickly. But can we see this is not change just for the sake of change? This is change with a purpose. This is change with vision. This is change for a mission. This is change to shake the tree and shake loose what doesn't want to be shaken. And to then plant again with those who feel like this is part of my call in life to be part of what God is doing here. Here's another reason, more transformed lives. I started off in that video. That was actually a video of driving to the theater before facial hair. Um, and I, I look at that and I think, wow, transformed lives. That, that's what it's always been about. One person, one family at a time, going from a core to a crowd. There's over 2.2 million people in the surrounding area of San Antonio. I think we've got some work to do if we're going to make a dent in some of the people who don't know Jesus. Number five, we can break what we have because we know it's blessed. See, Jesus took it, and before he broke it, he actually blessed it. And when he blessed it, that broken thing could now be whatever God wants it to be because it's been given to him. It's been submitted to him. It's been blessed by him. And we can trust and have the faith that whatever we give in Jesus' name, from a cup of cold water to somebody, like Jesus says, to a church plant on I-10, we can see God bless the work of our hands. So as we close, I'm going to ask the, the musicians to come up now as we close. And 
I just want to share just a few things on the action steps because maybe some of you are asking, well, what does this mean for me? And remember, this is spring in 2020. This is, this is a bit of a distance off. It's like you made the plans for the house and they still got to lay the foundation and build it and all that good stuff. Or you found out that you're pregnant and now we've got to wait for the baby to be born. And you got to enjoy all the kicks and the punches and the sleepless, uncomfortable nights to get to that place where we finally give birth. And we're going to get there. I believe we're going to get there. But here are the action steps for us as a church that we can take hold of because many would be asking, well, what's the next step? You know, do I go there? Do I stay here? Uh, we'll work all that out at, together as a church family. You know, we're going to look at the demographics of where everybody is. And, and as we move along, that, that's not the hard part. I think, I think that the key thing for us right now is to just center around these three particular steps. It's... It, it, the acronym is GPS because we're going a direction. And here would be the first one. G stands for give. We're looking at doubling our expenses, our work, our organization, our strategy, our communication. There's a lot to be done. And it takes people who can give financially. So we're asking people to get into agreement in their heart, in their life individually or with their family or with their spouse and say, what do we want to give towards this, to see this established, to see it happen. Um, giving makes it possible. It makes the work able to be ha uh, to happen. Number two, pray. GPS, pray is P. Pray for the location because we haven't found it yet. Pray for the team that's going to go. Pray for the people from here that will now become part of that community. Pray for the people that, like we hear story after story, month after month, year after year, right here in this location, people will drive by and say, I don't know what it is, but I just felt like I was supposed to come and visit this church. I don't know why, but I saw it on Facebook for two years, and I just finally saw my friends, you know, uh, updates and said, I need to go check that place out. Story after story, we're going to plant that in another part of the city so we can pray for the people who don't even know that they're coming, but God's already planning that they're coming. And thirdly, serve. Find where you're going to serve. What, what is your part going to be in this next season? And what I'm asking is, if you're not currently serving somewhere in Grace Avenue Church, man, now's the time to find a place. Now's the time to get involved. Now's the time to take that next step. Some of you who are serving are going to be leading. Some of you who are leading are going to get a whole new reality in life. But some of you who aren't serving, it's time to serve. Let's get to work. Let's see a city change. Let's not let our story be that we simply had church every Sunday and we were a great church. Let's say we gave our lives for the thing that Jesus gave his life for. And let's see him do something great. Do you believe he can do it again? I believe it. Come on, let's stand up this morning. We're going to close with this. I want you to just lift your hands, close your eyes for just a moment. We're going to sing together that he's going to do it again. We're going to believe together that he's going to do it again. Come on, let's sing. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.